welcome to the Scaling Freelance Podcast, where successful freelancers, consultants, and solopreneurs tell us exactly how they started working for themselves and started to live a life on their own terms. Each episode features real stories packed with real salary numbers, business tactics, and lifestyle hacks that will inspire you to get serious about the business side of freelancing. So my best month was May 2018. I probably brought in like close to $20,000. $15,000, usually around 10K a month. I think I did like $20,000 worth of photography gigs, which was extraordinary. Come hang out with me and other growth-minded freelancers at scalingfreelance.com. I'm your host, Sean Pro, and here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Our guest today is Raj Nathan. Raj is a hype consultant, keynote speaker, podcaster, and rap artist. His company, Startup Hype Man, helps recently funded companies turn what's in their head into a clear messaging plan, demo strategy, and sales pump up. Basically, he consults with startups to help them pitch better. Raj, are you ready to talk about scaling freelance? Let's do it. Awesome. So let's start off with the basics. Tell us who you are and what type of work you do, because that was a, a super interesting bio there. Yeah, definitely. So who am I? Are you familiar with the Simon Sinek why, how, what model? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, how that plays out is I'm pretty sure the reason I'm on this earth is to create more expression in the world, both using myself and being expressive, but also bringing it out in others. And I have found that the vehicle that I ride for that is the power of storytelling. So everything that I have ever done that I've cared about and that I am doing now and I assume will continue forward in the future is an element of storytelling designed to connect ideas and people. So that has come together in a number of ways. Um, Being a yoga instructor, being a hip hop artist, being a lifelong fan of professional wrestling. (laughs) And then namely, as you mentioned, uh, my business startup Hype Man. Now, the intro you gave is a pretty good description. Uh, I think this is the most succinct way to describe it, which is how I tell all my customers is I help startups not suck at how they pitch themselves and tell their story so they stand out to customers and investors and stand apart from competitors. Okay, cool. Yeah, so give us a sense then of maybe how how your business is structured. Is it just you? Do you have team members? Do you have founders? How, How does it all work for you? So very recently, so as of like, you know, we're doing this in August of 2019. So as of June 2019 is when I brought on my first remote team member. Okay. So that is a, I I use the website virtualstafffinder.com. So I've got uh, someone in the Philippines working and I would not call them my assistant though, or a virtual assistant or anything like that. Like they have a pretty significant role beyond just like the menial tasks that I don't want to do. Yep. Uh, and pretty soon they're going to step up and start being client facing as well. Okay. So um, I have someone in that role. Right? Uh, her name is Nadine. And then aside from that, uh, I have, I outsource my social media, specifically Instagram and Facebook um, with a little bit of Twitter to a company called Social Gold Group. And I still manage my LinkedIn. I still um, lead on all business development and client delivery. And I think we're going to find out over the next several months if that's going to change or not. Okay. So, you're, so right now you're, you're playing with the idea of bringing in uh, another biz dev person? 
I don't know about another biz dev person. I think if anything, there might be a need to help with client delivery. And what I truthfully have not been able to figure out yet with my business is, is this growing towards a, I'm the spokesperson, the figurehead, and I execute the work, Mm -hmm. or I'm the spokesperson, the figurehead, but everyone else executes the work. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a tough balance because people when they come to you, they're they're buying the the Raj Nathan experience, right? And, exactly. Uh, and there's that piece of you that's like nobody else can do that but me, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean the reality is I can train people on it, right? Yeah. But so much, you know, the gift and the curse is that so much of what I do is like leveraging my personality, right? Like I put out like rap videos, and mm-hmm. people are you know gravitate towards that. What I wonder is they're like, oh, hey, this guy's got this really cool business rap video. Can't wait to talk to him. And then it's like, actually, you're going to talk to so-and-so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. I just watched your uh, your Fresh Prince of Sass. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Right. And that's, you know, that's like my primary form of like outbound you know, marketing or outbound sales messaging that goes out. So the people who watch that and like it, they are like 110% like into the idea of Love talking it. to me. And again, I, that's where I don't know. Is it adding biz dev or is it adding more yeah, on delivery? Sure. Cool. So take us back then to maybe back when you decided to go full-time consulting or full-time on your own. Where were you at in life and how did that come about? This is, it's crazy to think, this is year five of full-time entrepreneurship. Um, awesome. It's kind of crazy to think I haven't like died yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say I would have, you know, five years ago, I would have thought I'd be at a much different place than I am now. Like in the sense of I, I, I had a different business then. I would have thought I'd be doing that business and I would have thought it would have been way more successful. And even the, even the current version of Startup Hype Man, I would have predicted I'd be doing way more in revenue, have way more general exposure, et cetera. Um, so I, but I think that's the game of you know, being on your own is you got to navigate the tricky waters and your projections never hold true. So mm-hmm. how I got started was I worked out of college. I worked at a digital marketing agency and like software company called Hello World. And I was there for three and a half years. While I was there, uh, I got together with a friend from college and we decided to just create something on our own on the side, like as a side project. And it was called Idea Lemon. Uh, the initial iteration of it was honestly just like hosting events around Chicago to bring people together to have like deep discussions about interesting topics. And that worked for a little bit as like a side project. It evolved towards working with individuals actually on like finding their why. And then how do you build a personal brand around that? At the end of 2014 is when I got to the end of my run at Hello World. Um, you know, I, I just got to a point where I didn't want to do that anymore. And I, to, mm-hmm. to be honest, I, I accidentally resigned. Um, it <laughs> How's was, that work? So it was, my, it was, my birthday is December 3rd. So I remember it was, it was December 3rd. It must have been a Monday. And I was having my weekly like status call with my boss. And I was in a sales role at that point. So, and she wasn't in town. So it was, it was a phone call instead of an in-person meeting. And so, you know, that weekly status call is basically just like a pipeline review call. And she's like, so like, you know, like how many deals are going to close this month? And I was like, um, like one, maybe. 
okay, like what new things do you have in your pipeline? Uh, nothing really. Okay, like how many dials are you doing? I was like, um, not many. And I don't know, to be honest, I think I'm just kind of like done. <laughs> and then there was like this like four second pause, which for me felt like four minutes. And her response was like, wait, you mean like done, done? Or like you just want a different role at the company? And I was like, no, I think I'm just like done. Like, I don't think I want to be here anymore. <laughs> and, I, and I had no intention going into that day of like that being the conversation. But I think just mentally, I was just so I just so like moved past because it just wasn't mm-hmm. what I wanted to do anymore. And I mean, to her credit, she was awesome about it. She was like, OK, can I give you references? You know, how can I help you? She gave me a ton of support, all that stuff. So my final day at the company was December 31st, 2014. Yeah. I did not quit that thinking like with the intention of, okay, I have this side project ideal. I'm going to do that now. I just took it as like a period of what I called fun employment. Mm-hmm. So I did a, bit, a little bit of traveling for a couple months, took a couple of interviews, but was kind of more like, I took them with like a power stance of like, I'm looking for what I want, not like I need a job from you. And I had, yep. I had enough financial runway that I had that leverage. And what I realized after a couple months is I was like, you know, let's see if we can make this ideal lemon thing happen. So that was where, you know, full time, uh, entrepreneurship started in 2015. We met my co-founder for that went full time a few months later. We had a lot of good strategies, just never could put together a good business model. So mm-hmm. less than two years later is when we shut it down. And then okay. that's when the seeds of startup hype man was born. Okay, cool. So yeah, talk about then when, when you first went out on your own, how you found your first few clients. Cause idea lemon was still consulting based, right? It was still like, finding yeah, it was why. like, well, I'll tell you this in the, with like the caveat that whoever's listening to this, like shouldn't listen to this part of the story and be like, oh, I should do that because this is, I probably went about it the wrong way considering the business fizzled out. What we were doing was a lot of live workshops. Mm. So we had these like, we called it, we called it a discover your inner awesome. And they were these workshops where basically we were building or people were going to figure out how to craft their personal elevator pitch. Like, how do you introduce yourself in a networking event? How do you introduce yourself in an interview? If you're an executive, how do you like introduce yourself to your company? Um, and we use that Simon Sinek, why, how, what model. We got really good at doing that. And like, it got to a point and I still carry over the knowledge today where like, I can listen to, I can ask someone a handful of questions and within like 20 minutes, I can figure out what's their why, how, what, mm-hmm. which is to be honest, pretty like radical life-changing information when you, when you figure that out for yourself. Um, so we were doing a lot of those workshops. We just didn't, at first we didn't have a good like conversion lever of like, okay, what next? So then we saw a lot of people were asking, hey, what do we do next? And then we're like, okay. So then we built out this online course. We said, all right, we're going to use the in-person workshops as the lever to get people to do the course. And that worked to a, to a degree. And I say to a degree in that like in a room of 10 people, we would convert two or three of those into buying the course, which is not bad at yeah. all, right? That's a 20 or 30% conversion rate. The issue is the work, the time investment for the workshop, which a lot of times they were, I don't know, they were like 20 to 40 bucks to attend. Um, but it was, you know, it's a two, three hour workshop. We can only host so many of those, you know, in a, we could probably do like one a week, maybe two a week max. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it was dependent on like whoever's hosting us being able to pull in the right people. So 
yeah, we might get two or three, but we did, we had no way. I mean, the show is scaling freelance, right? It was not scalable by any means. And the price point of the course was only, I think like 300, $400. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's different where like now with Startup Hype Man, if I do a workshop, I have a solution I can sell. I have a $500 solution, a $4,000 solution, and a 12K and up solution. So the return makes sense for a live workshop. I, and that's where I'm saying like, that's how we were getting our customers. We had an email list too, but the conversion rate on that was awful. Yeah. So we were doing it through the live workshops, but it just, I mean... We would have had to been out every night of the week doing this in front of the perfect audience every single time, getting the right volume of people each time for it to have ever worked in that capacity. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like you you really gained the knowledge and experience from Idea Lemon. You figured out really what it was you were really good at. And you also figured out all these mistakes where, oh, we can't just charge $400 for a workshop and then sell them a $300 thing and then somehow make enough money to live. Um, so it sounds yeah. like you learned a lot from from just going through that process. It was that. It was not being clear on who our target audience was. So we were constantly being like, oh, we could show up at this event or this. And, and for us, like the the moment when we were like, this is not working was on, on a Friday. I think it was a – no, sorry. It was on a Thursday night. We had decided to like buy a table – at an ed tech conference. And it, w- it was like a get a job in ed tech conference. And we had the table be like, hey, we have this training program. We can show you how to pitch yourself in an interview and all that stuff. On Saturday morning, we were at the Google Lake Effects conference, which was just like a conference for like artists and creatives. Mm-hmm. And we were also presenting that we had a table like talking about the same stuff. And then the Monday we came back to the office, the following Monday we came back to the office and we were like, what the hell are we doing? We were just at two different events that had nothing to do with each other. And we tried to put the same product in front of people. So, you know, it was, it was all those things plus what I just told you. And, mm-hmm. and have you ever heard someone say like, oh, I don't believe in failure. Mm-hmm. I think that's crap to be honest. <laughs> and I'll, let me tell you why. Because yes, I learned a ton of what not to do. I have so many mistakes from my DLM that I was like, the next time through, I'm not going to do that again. And I had so many learning experiences. And you'll hear people say, I don't believe in failure. I just believe in learning. And yes, I did learn a lot. But I think the danger in not labeling it a failure, if I had not said in my head and said out loud, idea lemon was a failure, I wouldn't have actually picked up those lessons. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said to myself, I would, I would have ended up saying, oh yeah, I tried that. It didn't really work. Let me try it again. Yep. You know, so I think when people say, I don't believe in failure, I think they're just protecting their ego. And in my head, I'm like, no, it was, it crashed and burned hard and it hurt. But because of that, I'm not making those same mistakes the second time around. I'm making different mistakes, but yeah. not the same ones. <laughs> I like that. It's just a change in mental framework, I guess, to to really make sure you take in those those learnings. I like that a lot. Right. That's cool. So then fast forward to when Startup Hype Man started. So you basically just shut down Idea Lemon. How did you decide to start a, start something else again and not think <laughs> it's going to crash and burn? <laughs> yeah, it was a t- it was tough, right? So initially mid to late summer of 2016 is when we had that meeting of like, this is not working. What do we do? 
through doing that for a while, through doing IDLM for a while, I had built up a pretty strong network in the Chicago ecosystem. So almost serendipitously, like right around that time, shortly after, is when the CEO of Bunker Labs mm. had reached out to me. And Bunker Labs is a basically a nonprofit incubator specifically for military veterans, active duty, and like their families to start and grow businesses. I have no military background, but he knew I was good at the pitch stuff. So he reached out and he was like, hey, we had a cohort go through earlier this year and they just totally like shat the bet on their pitch day. Would you want to come in and work with our next cohort and help make their pitches really strong for pitch day? And he was like, you know, we can like bring you on like a consulting contract. It wasn't anything massive, but it was something, right? At a time when I needed money. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, oh, totally. I can absolutely do that. Got off the call and I'm like immediately Google searching like how to pitch a startup, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> um, my world before that was like pitching, but not in the confines of a startup pitch. So I looked at like what are the general frameworks? I was like, oh, okay, all right, I pretty much get this. And then I ma married it with what I already knew about like storytelling and pitching. And I was able to work with, I had a playground, like a testing ground of like 20 different companies mm -hmm. where I could try different strategies on and work with them on. So that exposure was like my starting point. And then I was also using every ounce of spare time I had, just doing more and more research on the startup landscape. And I got to a point where I was like, oh, I think I can do this pretty well. And the companies who were working with me and like choosing to actively work with me were getting really good results. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? You know, like that incubator ended like, I think November of 2016. And I was like, you know what? I think I could make a business out of this because I re like this is the most fulfilling work I've ever done, and it's helping people, which mm -hmm. is a good combination, right? Yep. <laughs> so I spent a couple months being like, okay, how could I put this together? I was also at a point of like financial lifeline of like, can I even afford to do this? So I was all I also was like having early conversations with some companies around like potentially working for them. But I think just the entrepreneurial bug was so strong, even, even on the financial aspect of things. And I was living with my parents at the time um, that I was like, let me, I was like, let me, let me give myself three months or two months. It was like December-ish. I, I went on a family vacation to India, was trying to work some stuff like remotely while I was there. But then I was like, okay, January 1, I was like, I'm giving myself till the end of February. Or I'm giving myself like this month, I think is what I said to make something happen. Had a lot of meetings, but nothing closed in January. So then February 1 rolls around. I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself till the end of this month. If I don't have any progress, I have to start looking for a job. Mm -hmm. And then Valentine's Day actually is when I got my first two contracts that came in, or my first two like verbal yeses and then sent them the contract. Nice. So I was like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> and it was like kind of off to the races from there. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, in those early days, it sounds like you really leaned on your network to get these contracts. Is that accurate? Or how did you get your first maybe five clients? You know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really so much my own network. The, the first one that came in came on referral from, I, you know, I just sent an email out to the people I knew. I was like, here's what I'm doing. Do you know anyone? Mm -hmm. And the drummer in my band, who's a, who's a sales wizard himself, his name is Tony Lenhart, is, is, brand is the sales drummer. He actually introduced me to one of his clients and I ended up working with them. 
Client number two, which also came on the same day, was actually through cold outreach. And I think the next three customers after that, to make five, right, came from cold outreach or like going to an incubator, getting them to let me do a presentation. And then uh, one of those companies wanting to work with me after the presentation. Yeah, that's interesting because when I when I talk with consultants and freelancers, usually it's not cold outreach where where people start because um, that's that's pretty scary for a lot of people. But I guess yeah. it makes total sense why you did that because that's totally what you do as a service is how to yeah. pitch yourself, and that's your personality. <laughs> you're like you're a rapper, you're a performer, right? Right. You know, it's it's my personality. I had the sales background from before from my previous mm. job or employer, and yeah, I mean, part of it is like. Part of like the proof in the pudding is like if I can get interest from people through my own pitches, then surely I can help you, <laughs> you know? Yep, for sure. So fast forward to today then um, where you're at with your business. How do you currently bring in consistent work? What, what things are you doing to make sure that you're getting enough money to pay the bills and make some money? This was the lever I had to turn on earlier this year because um, it was... I was in the kind of the dog fight for two years of <laughs> generate business, work on client deliverable, business development falls off, you know? Mm -hmm. So what I kind of went into earlier this year was at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, here's my goals for Q1, hit those goals, and then basically reinvest almost all of that money back into looking at how do I expand the business. So that's where I invested in a uh, lead generation software. It's like a managed service, I'd say, managed mm -hmm. software service. Um, and that's what's bringing in a healthy flow of, of leads for me to where that I'm having the conversations with them. So the prospecting side of the business is off my plate awesome. for the most part. And it's still very much in my voice, right? Like I crafted the, out, the outreach scripts that are going out. It's just, it's happening on a pretty much automated basis in the background, mm -hmm. which is nice. Cause like, you know, I took vacation in May for Memorial day weekend and I, you know, two or three new meetings were booked while I was gone. And that was always my biggest, like scary thing was ah, I can't step away. Cause then new business suffers. Yep. So that's how I'm getting lead flow now for the most part. Um, in addition to, you know, I still do, you know, workshops once or twice a month and then some other like just content stuff. And the other area I invested heavily in was in a agency who is basically, I have like agents who, whose job is to find conferences and get me speaking gigs, mm. uh, conferences and events. And so that's like in the works right now in the early stages, looking at like late 2019 and into 2020 conferences. Cool. Can you break down for us maybe percentages of where your revenue comes from? Because it sounds like you have a few different ways that you're, you're making your income. I think that. That's a fantastic question is, t is telling me, hey, I should actually go analyze my financials and look at <laughs> how percent of everything is coming in. So I would say uh, right now, I would say it is probably like 60% um, previous clients doing renewals and then 30%, yeah. uh, maybe 25% on the lead generation. What does that make? 85% with the remaining 15 coming from live gigs, like either speaking at a conference or doing a workshop. 
Okay, cool. And are you trying to yeah. grow any of those in particular, or is this just kind of how it all played out? I want to, well, I think on the lead generation side, we'll see that um, as it, as the machine continues to work, we'll see that ramp up more. Mm-hmm. And where I want to get this to is higher ticket, lower volume clients, okay. and then doing a lot more speaking gigs. Cause that's when, like when I'm, I am most in the zone if you put me on stage in front of an audience of a thousand people. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like the, the metric you're using for scale is obviously revenue, but at the same yeah. time getting not necessarily more projects, just higher ticket projects and less of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes total sense. Cause there's this kind of the two routes you can go there. So, yeah. And I think, I think the way I look at growth here, and I kind of mentioned before, like, I'm not sure like what the like crystallized vision is of how, of what way will this grow? But while it is consulting now, I really want to take this to the point where like there is some consulting, but it's actually more of like a media company than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. There's there's this funny spot that freelancers and consultants get to where, and it sounds like you're right there, is like, do I become an agency? Do I become a micro agency? Do I become a media company? And there's like, <laughs> right. you have to make this decision because it totally changes yeah. what, what you do and what your strategy is. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, uh, that, that's exactly like the zone I'm in right now. And I think for me, it's like push through some revenue goals. And if those are achieved, then I have the ability to think about this longer term stuff. Cool. Do you have any specific revenue goals that you have in mind that you you've said in six months, I want to hit a hundred thousand dollars a year or, or whatever? Yeah. I, uh, my goal for this year was on the low end, 120. Cool. I want to do like 120 to 150 this cool. year. And which is far far exceed anything I have done to this mm-hmm. point. Um so I fell brutally behind pace in Q2 because it took a little bit of time for like the lead gen machine to get going. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's getting back on pace and I'm pretty confident now that it's headed in the right direction. Cool. Yeah, that, that's super yeah. exciting. That's awesome. So yeah. let's head into the final freelancer fave five questions. So sure. number one, in terms of revenue, what's the best month you've ever had? Historically, right around like 15K in a month. However, as of this recording, assuming signatures get put on pieces of paper that are, that are out there right now, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but if, if the universe you know, doesn't turn against me. This month will be minimum a 37K month, potentially a 45K month. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Which is like half my goal right there, right? Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Sounds like a couple of big deals there. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, so send some good vibes my way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll do our best here. <laughs> All right, number two, what's your favorite book or two that's affected the way you run your business? I think Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but it's basically his memoir. And I say affected me mm-hmm. because I could rattle off a, a hundred different books on like business processes and structure and how to sell and all that stuff. But Shoe Dog was the one that I read that like at my lowest low. So like when Idealman was shutting down, I was doubting myself, didn't know what was next. I was like, I'm a failure, all that stuff. And then I, a friend, you know, handed me that book and was like, I think you'd enjoy this. 
and that kind of was motivation for me because you really see like all the crap Phil Knight had to go through to get Nike off the ground and how like every day for 10 years, he wasn't sure if they had to shut the doors tomorrow. And then to see what it, it grew to, it's like, okay, if he can make it through all that, my yeah. problems are, are micro compared to that. Cool. Uh, number three, what are some of your favorite software tools that you pay for uh, that you use to grow your business? Every day I use Calendly, Zoom, and MailTrack.io. Those would be the three primary ones. Other things I pay for are okay. like MailChimp and some smaller ones, but those three are the, the main things. Cool. Uh, number four, what freelancer or micro business owner are you currently following? Someone who I have always been following um, is a friend of mine out west. His name is Daniel DiPiazza. Um, his oh, yeah. Prior, his I prior know, company I know that was. Name. He's, he's gotten pretty big. Um, his prior company was Rich 20 something. Yeah. He published a book um, with, with Penguin Publishing uh, called Rich 20 something, and now he leads a company called Alpha Mentorship. Um, so, you know, I met him through the, just like the early scene many years ago and we've been, you know, we've stayed in touch since then. So, I mean, not only at like a friend level, do I, am I able to talk to him? But honestly, like even if I never knew him, I gained so much value just from the, the stuff he puts out there. Mm -hmm. All right. Number five, the last question, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? You know, in the early days of being full-time at Idea Lemon, I had this notion that we can just take it day by day. And I literally said this out loud to my co-founder and the universe will take care of us. I want to puke now thinking that that's what I said at one point. <laughs> um, maybe I was, cause I was new to yoga at that point. So I was really like in like the hippie mindset, but um, that's what I would tell my younger self. Have some type of plan. You don't have to stick to it, but you need some destination to shoot towards. And the, otherwise, the universe doesn't know what direction to put you in. Yep, makes total sense. Cool. Um, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you or what you're up to or your services, where can they find you online? StartupHypeMan.com is the website. My podcast is called Startup Hype Man, the podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, and the other platforms. You can connect with me personally on LinkedIn. Just search Rajiv Nathan or Raj Nation. That's my sort of stage name, my moniker. Uh, and my email is Rajiv at StartupHypeMan.com. Oh, yeah. And the gram, Instagram at StartupHypeMan. Cool. I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, Raj, thanks so much. This was great. Uh, you have a really cool story, really cool consulting company, and can't wait to see you hit 150 this year. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I look forward to that, too.